Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column for the woman who desires to deepen and beautify her inner world. Every week, we'll answer a letter from listeners just like you, who are looking for insight and wisdom on the most pressing questions in their story right now. Make sure to stay with us until the end to hear our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower, a podcast for the women with a deep inner world. I'm your host, Kelia Clarkson. I'm an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I'm a writer and newly minted doctor, a food blogger, tea drinker, and plant-based entrepreneur. We want to thank each and every listener who has tuned in today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we hope this episode finds you well, wherever you might be. We will be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments, but first, let's get into our pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our thorn, something that left us feeling dry or depleted or frustrated that week, and finishing off with our rose, something that fostered our inner world or brought us joy or built us up. So Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's rose? To be honest, I feel like my week wasn't particularly thorny, which I'm really grateful for. Um, I guess any thorns were just a little bit muted, not not as not as intense. Um, I've been getting back in the swing of things with work and writing, editing, things like that. And it's just generally felt good and productive. I felt content and um, occupied in terms of my time. But I guess the one thing I would say is maybe I, I wasn't quite a hundred percent in the sense of like my energy. And um, I don't know if it's allergies with um, all the, the weather changing and the leaves blowing around, but I just felt a little bit under the weather, but not necessarily sick. So I guess that would be probably mm-hmm. my thorn. And then my rose would be uh, the morning walks I've been going on. Um, it When we're recording this, that hasn't yet uh we haven't yet had the time change. And so the mornings have been a little darker. So I had to wait a little bit longer to go out to walk than I typically would, but getting out still when it's dawn before the sun has fully set or <laughs> risen before the sun's fully, <laughs> fully up yet in the morning. Yeah. Um, the yellows in particular have just been so vibrant and breathtaking. And um, I live near a reservoir, so I get to kind of be, near some water and the, you know, the, when the wind is blowing through the leaves and rustling those leaves in the trees, I just, I just love it. It's such a beautiful, Mm. wonderful time of day. Just, and I also love that wet, that temperature, like that 50 degrees, put on a a pullover and just feel really cozy. It's my favorite. Mm. It's honestly just the most beautiful time of the year. It it? is. Yes. Yes. Drinking it in. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, um, similarly to you, I didn't have major thorns this week. Nothing thorny enough that I could um, actually sit on here and complain about. (laughs) So um, I'm just going to go right to my rose instead. Uh, My rose this week was that I had a little more time than I usually do to dedicate to personal projects, which is a lot of fun. 
um, just to feel like I am moving forward on things that I am really passionate about and that I want to be working on that I always, um, you know, get to the end of the day and I go, I don't know if I have the energy or the mental capacity to work on this. Mm -hmm. And I had a little bit more of that this week. Mm -hmm. So that was just a really nice, um, a nice thing. That's great. All right. So just a couple of things before we move on to our letter. If you have been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. It helps to boost the podcast and get it in front of other people who might enjoy it and get something from it and make sure to share with a friend. And lastly, we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. We would love the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing in your story today. Okay, so let's move on to our letter for today, which covers the subject of different love languages in marriage. Dear Wallflower, my husband and I have been married for a couple of years now, and we love each other very much. Recently, though, he's expressed that he sometimes feels uncared for by me. He said that he technically knows I love him, but he struggles to really feel it from me sometimes. We've talked a little bit about love languages and even took a test to figure out what ours were. His came out as words of affirmation and physical touch. To be honest, I wasn't given either one of those things growing up, and I feel like I have no idea how to do them. What I seem to be best at is acts of service and quality time. I'm definitely hurt that he says he struggles to feel loved uh, sometimes because I feel like I do so much to show it. I plan dates. I make the house beautiful. I never complain about going out of my way to run an errand for him. And it's hurtful that he doesn't seem to get anything from these things. I don't get why they don't register for him. How can I make him feel more loved? What do I do? I really do love him so much and I want him to know it. Signed, a loving wife. So Jessica, what are your thoughts for our writer today? I can tell that our writer's heart is aching. She also seems frustrated and perhaps on a nearing on a bit towards desperate, um, I don't know, but it just seems like that from what I'm, I'm, I'm hearing. She loves her husband and is hurt that what to her, at least, are acts of love for him are not being felt as love by him. Mm-hmm. So to our writer, I hear you and I know that it's difficult to understand why he's not receiving your acts of service and quality time as love. But one essential thing we have to accept as people in relationship with other people is that it's one thing to have a love language that is how we most receive love. And it's quite another thing to have a love language that most naturally flows out of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what does she do? At least my advice, love him as he feels loved. As much as you are doing, loving wife, and you li- as, as much as you feel that you are doing and legitimately are doing, if these things don't align with the way that your husband feels loved, then he's not going to feel it. Mm-hmm. This doesn't mean that you should stop the things that you're doing. And I certainly don't want to foster any kind of resentment, but it's important to realize that when we're wired differently, even though we can cognitively grow in appreciation for the things our spouses do for us, If the ways that they show love don't as naturally make us feel loved, then we're going to struggle. I do want to recognize, however, that this is a two-way street. 
while I'm encouraging you to love your husband as he feels loved, he may be able to at least work on seeing and appreciating the ways that you naturally show love. So again, it's one thing to have a love language. That is how we most receive it. And it's also another thing to have a love language that most naturally flows out of us. While he may not most naturally receive what you most naturally give, he may be able to at least gain a more ready awareness of those things from you that you do for him. And he may be able to see them as love if you guys are able to connect about that and help him to see, you know, how much you're, you love him and are, are, are acting through those things. In short, mm-hmm. you both have work to do. And I hope that you can kindly, patiently, and generously work together on this. I also want to say that I struggle with this too. So you're not alone in this. You're not the only one. I think that this typically comes up for me most starkly when Daniel is feeling sick, but it certainly has other ways of showing up as well. And I want to say this because our writer shares that her husband expressed not feeling cared for by her at times. I think that particular phrase of not feeling cared for um, struck a chord with me. Hmm. Like our writer admits, I deeply do care for my husband. I love him very much. But when I fail to consider what he needs from me, and even the fact that his needs could change based on circumstances, such as when he's sick, and I might I might fail in treating him like he's not sick when he is sick, um, mm-hmm. I might not be able to communicate that care that I have for him and the love that I have as effectively in my words and actions as I could if I don't take those things into consideration. So to get practical, I am going to provide some tips for growing in your abilities to show him love through words of affirmation and then through physical touch. I also want to affirm that I hear you. These areas are difficult for you, especially because you didn't have them modeled well for you growing up. And also thank you for that, um, that honesty, that, that candid that candid response, um, sharing that. I think it's important to be able to share that. And if your husband doesn't know that, which I'm, I'm assuming he knows that, if he doesn't know that, make sure he knows that because that mm-hmm. that's a huge piece of context that can help him have compassion for you in this area. Um, additionally, I don't want this to sound like I don't think your husband has some work to do as far as coming to understand your actions of service and giving of your time as a way of showing love to him. I think that as married couples, like I already said, both spouses need to communicate well and seek to meet in the middle, both to seek to show one another love in the ways that the other best receives it and to be able to appreciate and better receive the other's natural ways of showing love. Mm -hmm. So I'd certainly advise having a conversation with your husband about how you two can work together on that. But given the fact that you've learned how he responds well, to um, words of affirmation and physical touch. Here are a few ideas to grow in showing him love in these particular ways. So first, words of affirmation. Something my husband and I have discussed before, because I'm a words of affirmation and quality time person, um, is how he would sometimes be thinking something about me that he could have said, but simply mm-hmm. didn't say it out loud because he just felt like it was obvious. Like, oh, she already knows that. Um, or she must know it, whatever. Mm-hmm. So for example, he might have been thinking, 
oh, she looks nice in that outfit or, you know, she's a great cook. That was a great meal. Or maybe I really enjoyed hearing Jessica play the piano today. But to me, these things wouldn't necessarily be obvious. I might be hoping that he thinks those kinds of things, but how would I know that if he doesn't communicate them to me? Right. So with that example in mind, I would ask our writer to consider, are there things that you simply take for granted about your husband or assume that he already knows that you could be putting into explicit words of affirmation? Maybe he cooked a delicious meal. Rather than just saying, that was good, or thank you, you could go a bit further. Perhaps, delicious meal, my love. You always do such a good job. I just wanted you to know how tasty it is and that I appreciate it when you cook. Or perhaps he needs some encouragement after a hard day at work. Maybe you'd say, I can see that your coworkers were really frustrating to you today. It even seems like your boss doesn't always notice how hard you work. I want you to know that I see you. I see your hard work and your effort to have a good attitude. These kinds of things, if we're feeling them on the inside and we're having these encouraging, positive thoughts about our spouses, it's great to share them out loud. I mean, even if your spouse isn't yeah. the words of affirmation person, you know, hopefully they, they would be encouraged and appreciate that. But especially if they're a words of affirmation person, don't yeah. let those things remain only in your head. You know, if for some reason it, it is super obvious and they would be oddly annoyed that you said something, then at least you're over communicating rather than under communicating. <laughs> I always feel like it's better to err on the side of over communicating. So, yeah. and this lastly should go without saying, but of course only say things that are true. And uh, these are just some ideas to get you thinking. Next, um, how to grow in loving through physical touch. I would say start with considering what is normal or baseline for you? Hmm. Like what kind of physical touch is most natural for you to give? Maybe how frequently? Where do you struggle, yeah. et cetera? Knowing yourself is a good starting point. Yeah. And then just as important, what does your husband express desiring more of? This may feel awkward, but it is so, so important. Talk about it. Ask your husband what he desires Express that you recognize that physical touch is one way that he feels love and ask him what that might look like for you to love him better in this area. How might you be able to put more effort in? I recognize that this can be tricky um, with anything, but especially with physical touch, it can feel difficult to make him feel like it's natural for you when it maybe isn't. Yeah. Um, in spite of this, however, hopefully your husband will notice that you're trying. I think it's really important that you put in effort. And if he's able to see that, um, that you're putting effort towards something that isn't natural for you and you're able to communicate that, my hope is that he would appreciate that, even those small gestures and see, how, um, see that as loving, particularly in light of the fact that it is difficult for you. And remember that it's practice. That it takes practice and that that's what it is. It can feel mm -hmm. weird to think about and put into action something that we feel ought to be natural to us. But, and this goes for either partner, um, if our current level of expressing love to our spouses doesn't register as particularly loving to them, then 
we have to recognize that our baseline output of love in that category may need some work and it's okay to see that as practice, right? Yeah. Um, I would add, don't be afraid to humbly speak up about your efforts. You know, don't, don't whine or complain about how hard it is and that you're trying, <laughs> but don't be afraid to express how difficult it really is. And see if you can help him understand how you're experiencing the journey together from your side. And finally, on the note of physical touch, I will just say, don't be afraid to schedule things. Putting physical intimacy on the calendar may seem contrived, but it can actually be a terrific gift to your spouse who deeply desires meaningful physical touch. Not only is it then set to take place because it's scheduled, it can also bring additional joy through anticipation. So those are just a few tips that came to mind for me. But Kelly, I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Well, first, I want to affirm how much our writer clearly cares for her husband. She clearly does um, really love him, even if their love languages aren't quite matching up and um, making sense to the other one. It's clear that the affection is there. And yet the reality is we can cognitively know that our spouse loves us, or our parents love us, or our friends or siblings love us, but also feel like we aren't totally known and seen and understood by them. You know, if you're, if you're a little kid and... Um, so your mom, you know, she makes you lunch every single day. Well, that's her showing love and care for you, right? But you don't understand that and you don't receive it that way necessarily. The kid will see lunch show up and go, okay, thanks. That, you know, you you met a physical need in that I am not hungry anymore. But mm. do you think that I'm like the bravest little boy in the world? Do you think that I am like the most amazing little girl in the world? And you need that from a parent, right? Hmm. So it reminds me a little bit, this, this kind of like mismatching of, of love languages. And by the way, that's not a bad thing to have a different love language from your spouse. It's super normal. But it reminds me a little bit of this song in um, Fiddler on the Roof when the husband says to the wife, do you love me? Mm. And she says, what do you mean? Of course I do. I do the dishes. I do your laundry. I, wh what are you talking about? I've done all of these things for you for how, however many decades. And he says, but do you love me? And from her perspective, she's saying, well, what are you talking about? I do all of these things. What else is love than doing all of these things? Of course I love you. She's thinking, how could you ask me that? She raises their kids. She takes care of the house, the day-to-day -day needs. But from his perspective, this doesn't necessarily spell out love. He needs her to literally say the words, I love you. And this is why it's understandable that a writer would be hurt by her husband not understanding her when she feels like she's very clearly expressing that she loves him. She's saying, I love you over and over again by planning these dates, right? But it's also understandable that he needs her to say it in a way that he can understand. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, speaking um, personally, the things that make me feel the most loved 
our quality time and words of affirmation. And so I love having regular, undistracted time together and kind, thoughtful words that build me up. So, you know, imagine that I have a friend or, or someone else in my life that has gifts as a love language. And they come up to me and they say, hey, I saw this thing. I thought of you and I got it for you. Here you go. That would be really lovely and I would really appreciate it, but that wouldn't necessarily make me go, wow, I'm so loved by this person. I feel seen and I feel cherished. That would be a really kind thing. But what does make me do or what does make me feel cherished is having regular patterns with someone where it's just us. We're not distracted. We're focusing on talking and connecting and just being together and just adventuring together. And then also having this person know the things that I need to hear that will be a salve to my soul, that will make me feel better and good. And so I, I think this is such a normal issue for couples and I don't want our writer to feel like she's the only one or, or that she's the sole issue um, in the relationship. And I think it's a really good thing that they've already done some of the work of figuring out what their love languages are and um, being being able to understand, okay, so this is where you are and this is where I am. Um, you know, obviously their love languages are different and that doesn't mean that they aren't a good match. It just means that they both have a little bit of learning to do here. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, our writer said that she didn't grow up receiving um physical touch or words of affirmation, the two top things that her husband needs, right? And um, it's true that when we don't have an example to look to or to emulate, that enacting that love language that we aren't familiar with can feel really awkward and disorienting and, um, you know, make us us feel a little bit um, less than maybe. I don't know how to do this. I I feel like a like a bumbling little teenager mm. who mm. has no idea what they're doing, you know. Um but just like actual languages, I think you know that that they can be learned later in life, right? Love languages can be learned later in life. And it's it's such an important thing that we learn how to say I love you in the way um to our spouse that will make them feel truly cherished. So here is some practical ideas for how she can begin to show him these these um, types of love. So first is words of affirmation. Um, Jessica said this, first rule of thumb, if you think something nice, say it. Okay. It's the opposite. If you don't think something nice, don't say it. <laughs> if you do, then, yes. then do. <laughs> so this is something that I've had to teach myself. I am not a naturally um, communicative person. I have a lot going on up here in my head. And a lot of times it doesn't come out of my mouth. It, I don't share much of it, um, naturally at least. And that's that's a, a thing that I've had to learn. And so if you see your husband um, do something really well, you know, uh, tell him, wow, you did a really good job. If you, uh, you know, don't just think that. If he puts on a new shirt and you think that it looks good, tell him, don't just think it. Um, next Find a way to say something positive about who he is, you know, not just something he did, but who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and and that might even, 
you might have to set a reminder on your phone at first if it's not natural for you to think about these things. Um, but the more you do it, I, I think it'll become a little bit more natural bit by bit, right? Yeah. yeah. So saying something like you are so dedicated, I I really appreciate that quality about you. I've always loved that about you. Or, you know, I just feel really lucky to be with you because you are so this, where I had so much fun with you today. I just really love being with you. I think those are just like some of the most meaningful things for someone who, who gets something out of words of affirmation. Yeah. And I think um, having an understanding of like why, if, if you can get to the, the core, if you're, if your spouse even knows of why their love languages are their top love languages. I think mm -hmm. having a bit more of that understanding can help these things come more naturally to us, more organically. I think like you're saying, you may need to have reminders to help you express these things verbally, but if you understand perhaps, you know, just hypothetically, like let's say that her husband really wants words of affirmation because they were actually really lacking for him in his younger years, or maybe he mm -hmm. received some really harsh words and he really appreciates when he has kind words. So realizing that piece of context would help our writer or, you know, whoever think, oh, like this is, I really want to make sure I build him up because he's probably being yeah. really hard on himself right now. Or, you know, the more that you know about someone's story, the more that you're aware of what might be going on in their inner world and you can take intentional action to help support and love yeah. them more. Yeah, that's such a great point. It's a little bit like our, our different bodies need different things depending on like our um, genetics, how we're built. You know, if you have high blood pressure, then you need more of this. If you have low blood pressure, you need more of that. So it's just kind of like, oh, he needs this because of this about, about his story. That's such a great point. Um, and, it, you know, I think our, our writer expressed that, that words of affirmation are hard for her. And I completely understand that. And I think if if having those words just on the fly are is is really difficult for you, um, you know, she could even think about. <laughs> this sounds so silly, but she could even think about writing love notes or love emails to her husband, um, so she can really take the time to craft what she wants to say. Mm. Um, you know, I would even if, if he if he's like someone that goes to office every day or something, I would suggest writing the email the night before and sending it to him as soon as he gets to work. So it just Ugh. immediately like just puts him in a great mood for the rest of the day and he can't wait to go home and see you, you know? That's so cool. Yeah. So I simple, just, I, right? I it's so simple, but so thoughtful. And I think it's every so couple simple. needs to find their own rhythms for that too. Like Daniel and I, the first several years of marriage, we um, hadn't really spent any, any nights apart. Like we weren't part of ministry or anything that would like take one of us away on a retreat thing without the other, that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. But, um, in more recent years, we've had a few more things like that come up and those kinds of like different, um, occurrences have, have brought up like, Oh, these reflections. And I want to put this into words. I want to write this down, you know, so this person knows how much I'm thinking of them right now because they're not here to know that. Mm -hmm. So it could even be that throughout the day, maybe you're at work or maybe 
when you're and your husband's at work, if you're at home, like the idea that a thought comes to mind and you want to share that with him. I think it's mm-hmm. such a beautiful thing to write things down. Even if it's just a little sticky note, like that you put on the bedside table, you know, yep. I found this thing and I was thinking of you or whatever. Like it's, I, th- I think you're, you're really hitting on a key thing, Kelia, that we need to be creative and just find even these little, these little ways can, can mean a lot. Yes. Exactly. I don't think, I think we're a lot of the kind of like overwhelming, you know, feeling of, well, how do I do this? I think a lot of that comes from, it needs to be a grand gesture. It needs Mm. to be something amazing every day. And no, it can be something really small. It doesn't have to be the same thing every day. It shouldn't be the same thing every day, but it can be really small. It doesn't have to be grand and huge. Something as small as, you know, a love email. Um, but, you know, getting onto physical touch, um, again, this can feel so awkward when you were not raised in a family that had that as a normal thing. I totally understand that. Um, and a writer might try initiating holding hands when they're out and about, even, you know, you don't have to feel like, oh, I, so now I have to hold his hand the entire time, you know? No, not necessarily. Just for a little while, just down one of the streets um, that you might be walking down. Um, maybe giving giving his arm a loving squeeze or just his his back little rub as, as you're standing at a streetlight and waiting to cross the street. You know, just a, hey, I love you. Um, playing with his hair while they watch TV. I think that's just a simple little way to to kind of just be pouring into, you know, that... that um, that like bank that, that he needs to be filled. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. offering a back massage after a long day, I found is a really, a really wonderful thing to, to make a nice rhythm as well. I think Mm -hmm. back massage is like, I'll never say (laughs) who doesn't want that. Yeah. (laughs) So I think that's just like, start, start doing that tonight, you know? Um, but that being said, I, I still do think it's a valuable thing for both spouses to, you know, of course, learn the ways that our spouses are already saying, I love you. And to take note of that, because it is really painful and frustrating to say, I love you over and over again, then have your spouse Mm. turn around and say, I don't feel loved. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just think it would be a great thing for both of them to take the time, yes, to learn the other one's love language so as to communicate love and affection that way, but also to learn how to value the other's um, means yes. of expressing love because no single love language is more important or superior to another. They are all so beautiful. And I think if we have something that naturally comes to us, we should still pour that into um, in, into the, the bank of our, our relationship as well as the other things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's more likely to happen probably once they have both made the effort to speak each other's languages to begin with. And I think it's um, more likely that they would be able to see all of the other ways that love can be expressed once their more basic needs are met. Yeah. Um, so anyway, all that to say, I hope that we were able to offer some insight to anyone listening who might have a similar issue to our writer. And um, yeah. Well, it's time for the May We Suggest segment of the podcast where we suggest to you the things that we have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that just made us really happy to be alive. 
Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So Jessica, what's your suggestion this week? I'm suggesting spiced chai this week. Mm. So I have been, you know, coming in after my morning walks, with the delightful yellow in the dawn. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just, after the cool air, I'm like, oh, I want, I want something spicy, you know, and warm. So um, I don't have a link today because there are all different ways you can find yourself some spiced chai, but just fun fact, in case you didn't know, chai actually just means tea. So that's why you often see masala chai or spiced chai. Mm-hmm. So if you went to India and just ordered chai, you'd probably just get black Assam tea. Um, but masala chai or other kinds of chai that are a different kind of spiced um, have to do with the spices that are in them. So fun fact about that. Um, but yeah, I've... Often I'll make a big batch at home if I have the time. I'll take like 20 minutes to boil all the whole spices and whatnot, and even use fresh ginger if I have it, and then steep the tea once um, I've had that time for the, the spices really to infuse. But because that takes quite a bit of time and I don't always have – I don't have that time, like especially when I'm, I'm at work and I don't have <laughs> yeah. a stove either to do that, I actually – I took whole spices recently and ground them up in my spice grinder and just have a little jar that I can take about a quarter teaspoon of it out of yeah. and put it with my tea. So if I want black tea or if I want decaf or if I want rooibos, I can just add it to mm. my tea, to my tea to make it spice chai. So all that to say, it's fall and it will be winter before too long. So go grab yourself some spice chai. Mm. Well, I loved the little tidbit that I just learned. I wonder if everyone else just learned that too. I chai just means tea. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. So that's that's really good to know. Um, my suggestion this week also has to do with the fact that it is fall and chilly in most areas of the country. And so what I have enjoyed um, as I have been a little bit chillier is wearing some plushy socks around the house because I don't know about you, but my feet are basically always cold, never warm. Me too. (laughs) So just a fun little thing to throw on um, throughout the day once you you get a little bit chilly, keeps you warm. Somehow makes it so that you don't have to put on like extra layers or something about just Mm. wearing a pair of plushy socks that just suddenly the rest of you is is warm enough. So that's my suggestion this week. Good one. To wrap up this episode, Jessica, how can listeners find and connect with you? Listeners can check out my weekly blog posts at edenandme.com. You can also find me at Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder and my Substack at jessicajschroeder.substack.com. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal, where we have new articles every week about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.